And now as we prepare to enter into worship on this Baptism of Our Lord Festival Sunday, we celebrate Jesus' baptism as we hear in God's word today, the movement of the Holy Spirit descending as a dove upon Jesus. And we celebrate the Holy Spirit come upon us, calling us God's beloved children and setting us on a mission as partners with our Lord to bring mercy and love to others who are around us. Let us prepare our hearts now for worship, centering our hearts in God. I invite you to join now in confessing your sin and hearing the promise of God's forgiveness following the invocation. We worship in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us confess our sin in the presence of God and of one another. Most merciful God, we confess that we are captive to sin and cannot free ourselves. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for us, and for his sake God forgives us all our sins. As a call and ordained minister of the Church of Christ and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our special greeting and baptismal litany today on this festival of the baptism of our Lord. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Friends, baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, here is the pattern for our entrance into Christ's community and mission. We come to the waters of the font. We are washed by the water and the word, anointed by the Spirit. We are named God's beloved children. With Christ, we are chosen to proclaim God's mercy in a suffering world. With Christ, we are called to witness to God's justice, do good, and relieve the suffering of the oppressed. Our psalm of praise from Psalm 29. Ascribe to the Lord, you gods, ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due God's name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. The voice of the Lord is upon the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord is upon the mighty waters. The voice of the Lord is a powerful voice. The voice of the Lord is a voice of splendor. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedar trees. The Lord breaks the cedars of Lebanon. The voice of the Lord makes the oak trees wreathe and strips the forest bare. And in the temple of the Lord all are crying, Glory! O God, give strength to your people. Give them, O Lord, the blessings of peace. Let us pray. Holy God, 
creator of light and giver of goodness, your voice moves over the waters. Immerse us in your grace and transform us by your spirit that we may follow after your son, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Our scripture readings today, our first reading from Genesis, the first chapter and the first five verses. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was a formless void and darkness covered the face of the deep, while a wind from God swept over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning, the first day. Here ends the reading. Our second reading today from Acts. While Apollos was in Corinth... Paul passed through the interior regions and came to Ephesus, where he found some disciples. He said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you became believers? They replied, No, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Then he said, Into what then were you baptized? They answered, Into John's baptism. Paul said, John baptized with the baptism of repentance, telling people to believe in the one who is to come after him, that is, in Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized then in the name of the Lord Jesus. When Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. Altogether, there were about 12 of them. Here ends the reading. And from the Gospel from St. Mark. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And people from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. He proclaimed, The one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down, untie the thong of his sandals. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the Spirit descending like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, the Beloved. With you I am well pleased. The Gospel of the Lord. John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness. John baptized people in the muddy river Jordan. It was a baptism, he said, of repentance for the forgiveness of sin. John the Baptist was not a temple priest like his father, Zechariah. In priestly circles, baptism had become a ceremonial washing in order to prepare people to enter the temple with 
ritual purity. One was baptized by a temple priest in order to be able to identify as a person of faith who was clean and pure, set apart from others, separate from those who were unclean or impure. John the Baptist was not like his father, the temple priest Zechariah. John turned away from this priestly baptism, which in a sense separated people between pure and impure, clean and unclean, setting people, in a sense, apart from one another. Jesus came to the Jordan River to be baptized by John. And as he was baptized and was coming up out of the water, the heavens were torn apart, and a spirit descended like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven, You are my son, the beloved. With you I am well pleased. In Jesus, God entered the torn places of the earth and of our lives in complete solidarity with us. Jesus came to that river, that muddy river, to identify with all of the impure and imperfect, to identify with us completely. The heavens were torn apart at Jesus' baptism, and that Greek word for torn is a form of the verb schizo in the Greek language. It is a root of our word schizophrenic. When something is torn apart, there are ragged edges. There is a separation in such a way that what is torn never can go back together as it once was. Jesus' mission then is tied up with what is torn open in this world, in our lives. Those things that can't be put back together again the way they were, not by our human ability anyway, or our human strength. A pastor colleague told about his son recently in a way in which I could identify personally. He described his son as having a cognitive disability. He lives his life in a world where he knows what he wants. He has aspirations and goals, but he doesn't have the capacity to achieve them. Because of this, he lives with a lot of anxiety, anger, frustration, and depression. This pastor describes the family situation for himself and his wife as it relates to their son as unfixable. And he said it feels like constant grief. And grieving is the process of letting go of the idea that we can fix this. When our middle son, Evan, was in the midst of his struggle with eating disorder anorexia nervosa, what I felt as a parent, more than anything, was my own powerlessness. My powerlessness to change the course of the illness. No matter how determined Naomi and I were to help our son, and no matter how much help and treatment we were able to access for him. 
we could not change the course of the disease, especially as he became an adult. We were powerless to fix what this mental illness had torn. Have you had this kind of experience with a family member or someone you love? My pastor colleague said that the question he constantly wrestles with is this question. What does faith look like in an unfixable situation? Whether with a child or a spouse or another family member or someone close, whether that be mental or physical, whether disability or disorder or addiction, our tendency is to look for the one thing that will fix it. The one thing that will put things back together in a way that mends and makes whole. But we live in a broken world where many things are not fixable by us. How do you keep faith? What does faith even look like? The faith that God gives, this faith especially as we hear in the scriptures, points us to a realm that we can only now anticipate. One anticipation is really kind of future-oriented, and the other anticipation is really focused in the here and now. The faith that is future-oriented, we hear about that in the book of Hebrews. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. It's about that time that will reach its fulfillment in God's realm when God will wipe every tear from our eyes, when mourning and crying and pain will be no more, and death will be no more. We hear that word from Revelation, the 21st chapter. At the end of his earthly ministry, in that earthly journey, Jesus hung on a cross between heaven and earth, and when he breathed his last the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. It was the same as the heavens had been torn apart. At the beginning of Mark's gospel, as we heard in the gospel reading, that schizo, the tearing, the same verb is used. First at Jesus' baptism, the sky torn apart. Second at the time of his crucifixion, the curtain torn apart, torn in two. The curtain that separated the holy of holies in the temple from the people. Jesus entered every place where we experience what is unmendable, unfixable, in order to overcome and bring a restoration, a healing, a wholeness, bringing everything in our lives into a perfect peace. For now, we look forward to that final fulfillment of God's realm where all things will be made new. The Roman soldier standing at the foot of the cross waiting to pronounce death, when he saw that Jesus had breathed his last, he said, truly, this man was God's son. 
the soldiers saw God's realm fulfilled in Jesus in his death and resurrection. Had that soldier somehow heard for himself the word spoken to Jesus at the Jordan River when he was baptized? This, this word that came from this torn apart sky, this is my son, the beloved with whom I'm well pleased. Jesus, the beloved one, Jesus is loved in order to love, in order to transform the world. That's what is different about our lives too. We who have been washed in the baptismal water, sealed with the Holy Spirit, marked with the cross of Christ forever, our faith is a living faith. This is the realm of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit moves even now today in the here and now. Our lives, stirred by the Spirit, to have faith, a faith that anticipates even now a new life. Not just future-oriented, but oriented to today, to every day, right now. And so the Holy Spirit creates a living faith in us that shows in the way that we live, reaching out in love toward others, just as Jesus has loved us. Last week I spoke to a family friend from California who had written to us an email with a somber and reflective, honest note. A rough terrain. My best friend, very ill. In her heart, after a long stretch of grace, bipolar screamed out again. She was worn. We all were. I had forgotten how terrible this disease is. I remembered my own hurt, though I know she hurt more much more. It has been tough. When we talked on the phone later after receiving that message, our friend was honest about what she felt that hurt by her best friend who suffers bipolar illness. Being on the receiving end of so much rage expressed by my friend he said, in the throes of a manic outburst. And then she said this, I listened to my friend because people hurting don't want to be advised of how to change something you can't fix. And I thought to myself, how can anyone live through the torn places without the love of a faithful friend. These are the places the Holy Spirit comes today. Just as at the baptism of Jesus when the heavens were torn apart and the Spirit descended like a dove on him, you and I have been sealed with the Holy Spirit forever in the sacrament of baptism. And the Holy Spirit moves in us that we might enter the suffering of a friend or a neighbor with love. 1 John 4:12 puts it this way. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, 
God lives in us, and God's love is made complete in us. And so, let us live out of our identity as the baptized people of God. And let us look toward those people that God is calling us to love. May God bless you in your baptismal living and loving. Amen. And now we affirm our Christian faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. We pray today, and I'd like to begin our prayers today a little differently and do a little prayer exercise together with you. We anticipate the Holy Spirit who continues to set us apart in the name of Jesus to love. The Spirit strengthens us through prayer. I would like you to pause now and consider one area of your life that might be feeling torn right now. One unfixable thing in your life. Maybe it is an illness. Or maybe it is a relationship. A marriage. A parent. A child. Is it an addiction? Is it in the life of someone you love? I invite you to let go of the urge to fix it by doing a prayer exercise, putting your hands right on your knees with the palms down, face down, right on your knees. In this way, letting go of the urge to fix it because you can't fix it. Well, God, we understand and we know our limitations. And so we bring this before you knowing that we can't fix it. And then I invite you to open your palms face up, recognizing the Holy Spirit comes to fill you with faith, a living faith, a faith that, first of all, anticipates the day in the future when Christ will bring restoration to completion, including every disease, every disability, every addiction, every pain, every separation and grief. And secondly, anticipate also with open hands the faith that the Holy Spirit gives you to enter the struggle and the suffering of others with the love of Jesus as a sign of Christ's presence with you in all things, right here 
and right now. And so we open our hands to you, Lord Jesus, trusting in the gift of your Holy Spirit that you will empower us with faith, hope, and love. And so we pray. Amen. And now let us pray for the whole people of God in Christ Jesus, for all people according to their needs. For all the baptized children of God in our United Lutheran Church congregation, for all who will be baptized this year, that the Holy Spirit will empower us all in living faithfully, compassionately, and lovingly. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. For the waters of the earth that you have given us that support our lives and the lives of all living things, keep us mindful of being good stewards of your precious gift of water. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray today for our country, the United States of America, aware of how our country has been torn. We pray for healing and peace following the events of this past week, for a restoration of our governing institutions according to principles of truth and justice. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Guide all elected leaders to make decisions that serve the common good, that serve the citizens. Help them to focus on what is truly needed. To bring food to the hungry, shelter to the homeless, jobs to the unemployed, and grant us hearts, too, that care for the needs of others. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Come to our aid, O God, as COVID-19 continues to spread. Heal those who are sick. Protect families and friends from being infected. Support health care workers. Give continuing success to the development of vaccines and their distribution. And we pray for all who suffer in body, mind, or spirit today. We ask for healing for Colleen, Sung-Hee, Lucille, Terry, Brett, Ruth, Leroy, Larry, Sandy, Perry, Sally, Bud, Gary, Adele, John, and those we name before you. Grant them your healing grace. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. And remember all who grieve the loss of loved ones today, especially the family and loved ones of Herbert Lee. Comfort them and bring them hope in this time. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Risen Lord Jesus Christ, you went ahead of us into the grave and defeated the powers of sin and death and the evil one. We remember those who have died, especially those most dear to us, who we name before you. Inspire us to live our lives in resurrection hope of that day when we will be reunited with those who have gone before us. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Into your hands now, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ, 
who taught us to pray, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. We give thanks today for all of God's gifts in our lives. We thank you for the gifts that you share through the ministry of United Lutheran Church. May God bless you in your stewardship of all of God's gifts. We pray the offering prayer. Blessed are you, O God, maker of all things. Through your goodness, you have blessed us with abundant gifts, ourselves, our time, and our possessions. Use us in our offerings given in thanksgiving to you to serve you in this world as a sign of your merciful love and grace through the one who gave himself for us, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Christ is with you. Thanks be to God.